Welcome to the Dynasty Ball Podcast. We're back after a little short hiatus. I checked the SoundCloud account today and we were officially off for 29 days, but I'm glad to be back recording podcasts, you know, starting with some division previews. Uh, so what have you been doing to kind of stay occupied this last month or so? Well, uh, as you know, I am doing uh, another bod- podcast, uh, Boob Two Buddies, which is kind of just like a TV and movie recap and review. Uh, so everybody go ahead and check that out. But as we're approaching the NBA season, I think you and I have a plan to kind of get together weekly and break them down uh, divisionally in, in terms of how players on each team sh- stand to uh, get minutes within the different rotations. Yeah, I'm really excited to be back. You know, it's kind of the dead time of the this the off season right now where there's really not too much going on. Um, I also am doing another podcast. Um, I'm doing like a fantasy football podcast. So for those that you know play fantasy football, you should check that out. It's a Red Rock fantasy football podcast. I'm definitely excited to be doing basketball again, though. That's definitely the my favorite out of all of them. But uh, so we're gonna start off with the division kind of down in your direction with the southeast. Um, you know, as a Magic fan, I'm sure you're pretty well tuned into what's going on in this division. Uh, we're gonna start in Atlanta. Um, you know, they're you know a solid team. I see them being you know a playoff team, probably challenging for home court again. Um, how do you like the Hawks this year from like, you know a fantasy perspective? You know what? I don't think that they took a big step back. I think a lot of people like to imagine that they did, but really, I think that Dennis Schroeder is gonna step in pretty seamlessly into the role. Um, that uh, uh, Jeff Teague had last year. Jarrett Jack is a fine backup point guard. Dwight Howard, uh, if he's healthy, is pretty much just as impactful as Al Horford is, despite the fact that people want to shit on Dwight Howard, myself included, ex-Orlando Magic player and all. But um, I think that this team is clearly still a playoff team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Dennis Schroeder, you know, he's going to be fine taking over as a point guard this year. I think he's going to be a solid player to have in fantasy. I think you're going to see his ADP climb, you know, quite a bit this year compared to last year, especially in these dynasty leagues. He's, you know, very young, um, has a profile that looks like he could develop into a fantasy player that can contribute in a lot of categories. Um, he's got some good weapons around him in Millsap, Howard, and I like Kent Bays more as well. Um, how, what do you think his ceiling is as a point guard in terms of, you know, like his dynasty value? I think that it's, he's got tremendous value. I think that he's going to be putting up somewhere in the range of 16 to 17 points per night, uh, maybe about six assists, maybe seven assists even, um, a couple of boards, you know, maybe a steal here and there. Um, he could stand to improve his shooting just a bit. But overall, I think that you're getting a young player with a high ceiling and just tons of room to uh, make mistakes in that starter role and grow with the team without fear of losing out. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, they went and, you know, made some moves. They got Jarrett Jack from Brooklyn as a backup. You know, he missed a lot of time last year. He was injured. um, So he missed, you know, a lot of time last year. But when he was healthy, you know, he put up – just under you know 13 points for a game with over seven assists obviously I don't think he would sustain that throughout the entire season but that gives you an I you know kind of an idea of what type of uh, production he's able of you know is capable of putting up off the bench behind Schroeder um, do you like Jack at all from fantasy perspective because for me he's not a guy I'm you know going after hardcore and you know if in my dynasty leagues but if I'm a team that could win now and I need you know like a third or fourth point guard on my roster I think he's a guy that could you know put up enough you know points and assists in a bench role to you know help out my fantasy squad 
Yeah, in a dynasty league, he does not have a ton of value. Um, uh, he will put up better better stats all around than most backup point guards in the league. So, uh, like you said, third or fourth point guard, sure. Uh, definitely, if Schroeder gets injured, pick him up off the waivers because he'll put up really good numbers stepping into the starting role. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, you know, moving over to their other guard spot, you know, Manny, you know, the two guard, they got, you know, kind of a, a plethora of older guys, you know, Cal Corver, you know, Thabo Sevaluo Show. They got Tim Hardaway Jr. there still on the roster. Um, but what I could kind of see happening long term is them maybe moving Kent Bazemore to the two because they drafted Torian Prince. I think he fits in better as a three and, like, you know, a stretch four. Um, I think Bazemore, you know, can, you know, hold his own defensively against most of the shooting guards in the league. So I think that's what's going to happen long term. And, uh, you know, I think Bazemore is a guy that I'm going to try and be going to get a lot in dynasty drafts this year. Um, I think that he is going to improve his numbers from last year and, you know, really take another little step up in the scoring and rebound department. Maybe, you know, step up a little bit more assists or assists and steals as well. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, in a dynasty league, if you're really looking towards long-term sustained success, Dennis Schroeder is the guy to have Kent Bazemore after that. Paul Millsap is going to put up probably the best numbers on the team. Dwight Howard might even put up the second best numbers on the team, but that's not going to last. Both those guys are turning the corner on that part of the career where you start entering your productive decline. And uh, I'd say Kent Bazemore is the exact opposite of that. He's just entering into his prime, put up great numbers last year, and has uh, at least the same amount of opportunity, if not more, to be successful this year. Yeah, you know, looking at his numbers last year, he only played 27 minutes per game. Um, he put up, you know, 11.6 points per game with five rebounds. You know, he also hit, you know, one and a half three-pointer, which is extremely valuable for your fantasy squad there. Um, do you think it would be crazy to see him, you know, step up closer to, you know, 14, 15 points per game, uh, six and a half rebounds, three assists, and maybe get up even closer to two three-pointers per game? Uh, I bet that's basically what he'll be at. That's That's exactly what I think I see him at this year is just – a little bit of an improvement across the board. Nothing staggering. I don't expect him to take a step back, really, in any category. No, and I mean, and if you're talking about those type of numbers, you know, the shooting guard is definitely, I would say, the shallowest position in fantasy. So, I mean, that's definitely a top 10 shooting guard there. You know, that's a guy that, you you know, you're not going to have to pay top 10 prices for, and I think that he's got that type of ceiling. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And, um... Paul Millsap, like I said, I think that he will be the best player this year. I think you're probably looking at something like 17 and maybe 8.5 with 3 or 4 assists, uh, a couple of steals. He's awesome at stealing. Probably one of the best big men in the league at picking off passing lanes and ripping people. Um, And then he gives you blocks, too. I mean, the dude is just incredibly well-rounded from a fantasy uh, production standpoint i would say that he is probably a top 20 player on a just a one-year league oh yeah i could even see him being the best player on this team for possibly two years he's that good i mean like you mentioned he does a little bit of everything on the defensive end you know up there near two steals and two blocks per game not not to mention he's pulling down nine boards a game um you know the power forward position and he's a guy that you can get almost a three per game and he's you know got solid percentages from the floor and the free throw line um, that he really doesn't have a weak spot in the game in his game, um, two and a half turnovers. So you'd like to see that come down a little bit for one of your big men. But I mean, with everything else he does, you can definitely live with that. 
Sure. Uh, he is 31 and a half, though, so that definitely limits upside with him. So in a dynasty league, make sure that that fits in with whatever your timetable is because you're certainly going to need to either balance him out with some younger players on your roster or just go all in and pick a guy like him knowing that you could probably get him later than you normally would, uh, but you know he's probably only going to be shining for two, three more years. Oh, yeah. If, I mean, if you missed the playoffs last year and he's on your squad, I mean, you kind of did that wrong in a dynasty league. You should have been shopping him last year because, you know, he's not going to fit in with your rebuild there if you're that far out. For um, sure. You know, they, yeah, absolutely. So they brought Dwight Howard in to play, you know, the center position with him. Like, we talked about this earlier. I mean, both, you know, at least a month or so ago, we both really liked this fit. We thought this was, you know, close to best-case scenario for Dwight Howard and his value. Do, we, do you still feel the same way? Yeah, I do. I think that Dwight's going to put up at least, like, 14 and 11 uh, with probably two blocks per game. Which... Yeah, that, that doesn't seem unreasonable. He was, you know, 13.7 and 11.8 boards last year. So that seems, you know, definitely within his reach. Yeah. Uh, one thing Dwight's not going to give you is three pointers. Uh, he's going to hurt your field uh, free throw percentage. He, the last few years before last year, had started creeping up over 50%. Last year, that dropped down to uh, 48.9%. So you have to understand that Dwight Howard basically demands the ball a pretty decent amount, gets fouled a lot, and then is really going to hurt your free throw percentage. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that if you have, you know, on your squad and then you have a few other guys that aren't very good free throw shooters, it's definitely, you know, you should put together, at least consider punting your free throws there and just trying to step, like, load up on your blocks and rebounds because, um, you know, the he's the easiest category to punt, too. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you can still get points and rebounds. Like, I feel like those are probably the easiest categories to get off your waiver wires or cheaper in trades. Um, so that's definitely the way I'd, the way I'd go. You know, he shoots sixty two percent from the field, so he's really, really going to help your percentage there. So you can afford to load up on you know a couple of free shooters uh, that'll so it doesn't hurt your percentages too bad there. Um, the other thing that Howard's got going there is there's really not a lot of depth behind him. I mean, they got Tiago Splitter, I guess, um, but there's really not anyone in the bench that I see challenging them for minutes. Like I mean, like I said before, I could see Torian Prince maybe spending some time as a stretch four, but I could you know that doesn't really cut into Dwight. Howard's time that much Um, no and he's a rookie so he's only going to get so many minutes and a lot of those probably the majority of those I would imagine will be at the backup three and he's probably I mean I doubt he gets 20 minutes per game you know so really the the starters you have on this team with the exception of the shooting guard combo of Kyle Korver, Thabo, Cephalosha every other one of those starters is due for 33 minutes per night I'd say yeah, it's definitely a fantasy-friendly squad, I would say. You know, Mike Budenholzer is a coach. They've been, you know, one of the most efficient offensive teams, you know, the last few years. Um, the one glaring weakness I see when I look at them is, like I said, you know, a lack of depth at their big man position. If, you know, they're doing the hack of Dwight and he has to sit on the bench, there's really not a, an option they can bring in to, you know, counter that. Um, where do you think you see – where do you see them finishing this year? Seventh in the East, I'm going to say. Okay, so a little bit of a drop. Just a little bit of a drop uh, is I think that I think that having Dennis Schroeder as the backup point guard was better than having Jarrett Jack as the backup point guard. I think Kyle Korver dropped off last year and will continue to do so this year, a la what Mike Miller started doing towards you know the last few years of his career recently. 
Uh, Tabo Savlosha could actually end up becoming the starter, and Kyle Korver could be coming off the bench. Yeah, and if that happens, Sefalos is definitely a guy that you need to keep an eye on because he can get you, you know, close to two steals per game. Um, not really going to hurt you anywhere. You know, he's really going to help out your turnovers because he, he has a really low number there. Make um, a couple curious, of three-pointers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what What do you think DeAndre Brembry is going to turn into? That's a really tough call. I don't see much room for him this year. Um, I don't think that he's going to do much year one or year two. I think he's a guy that you're just going to want to put on your watch list. Yeah, I think he's a candidate for a guy that could see some time in the D-League before you really see him make an impact in the NBA. Definitely. All right, so um, I think I agree with you. I see the Hawks. I don't know if I see them you know, dropping all the way down to seven. Um, I could see them finishing around five or six, so I definitely don't think they're like a serious threat to the Eastern Conference uh, crown, at least as the roster stands today. Um, a team that I was really high on coming into last year was the Washington Wizards. Um, very disappointing. I, very, very disappointing. But I do like the moves they made this offseason, you know, starting with uh, the hiring of Scott Brooks. I think he's really going to bring a presence to their, you know, to their bench that they need um, to really help John Wall and Bradley Beal, you know, if he can stay healthy, take the next step. Um, I could definitely see them finishing as a two or three seed if everything break, right, breaks right for them. Yeah, to me that's a little high because I don't think that they're going to jump over the Toronto Raptors or the Boston Celtics. And obviously we're probably placing the Cavaliers as the number one team in these. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this year, for me, they surpassed the Hawks. And under Scott Brooks, I see them as probably the, the number five team in the East. Okay, yeah, that, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I just I think that everything breaks right. They they could. Um, that's you know that's probably fair to say. You know, Toronto's still going to be solid. Um, I could see the Heat being good as well. I could see the Hornets challenging for there. So I guess there is you know I think quite that a bit the Pacers actually have a chance of being. They're a weird team. Don't get me wrong, but with Paul George and, and the rest of those guys, uh, to me that they're the fourth best team in the East. Yeah, and I could see them finishing even higher. They're the team that, if, you know, if you're talking about one team that could make the jump up into, like, the elite class, they're the team I could see doing it. You know, I like the moves they made as well. Um, you know, moving back to the Wizards, though, um, a, a, another team that, you know, in a weird way is uh, has kind of a weakness in, like, their big spots, you know, and they have, you know, a lot of names there, though. You know, Markeith Morris, if he breaks right, he could be really good. Um, Gortat's going to be a solid guy that's going to get you some points and some rebounds, decent blocks. Um, the one guy I'm really interested to see how he fits in there is John Mahinmi, um, a guy that you kind of turned me on to a little bit last year. I think that he has a chance to really put up some decent numbers there if he can get, you know, 20 to 25 minutes a game. Um, I could see him, you know, jumping up, you know, getting closer to one and a half blocks. Maybe I've seen his rebounds go up, you know, maybe to eight, eight and a half. Um, what do you think about Mahinmi, you know, for your dynasty squads? I don't think that he'll get quite enough minutes to get eight or eight and a half rebounds, but I do think that he has a very real chance as a backup here to put up good numbers. I could see him putting up something like um, uh, like maybe nine points, seven rebounds, and then like a block per game. And then for any time that Gortat happens to be out, I could see him definitely creeping into double digits for rebounds. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, what do you think about Gortat this year? You know, he like I said mentioned before. You know, last year he finished thirteen and a half points, ten rebounds. You know, one one point three blocks. Um, I could see those numbers dropping down a little bit, but I still see him being you know a solid option, probably finishing as you know the top ten center. 
yeah, towards the very back end of that for me. But yeah, I think that he just takes probably like a a half point, half rebound dip this year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, you know, of course, if we're talking about the Wizards, the one guy everyone's the most excited about, you know, you're talking about John Wall. Oh, I um, thought you were going to say Casper Ware. No, oh, I mean, that, that was my <laughs> second guess right there. My, course, se- my, yeah. my second selection for there. Um, you know, last year, you know, you couldn't complain as a fantasy owner. You know, 19, you know, just under 20 points per game, uh, 10.2 assists. You know, he even, you know, hit one and a half three-pointers for you there. The one thing that you really complain about is the 4.1 turnovers. That's, like, really the last step he needs to take to really tighten up his game and make him, you know, a fantasy superstar. But really, I mean, you're going to live with it. Um, that is think- a really large amount of turnovers, though. That's, like... Almost punt turnover is style bad. Yeah, he's like the DeAndre Jordan of turnovers in a way. Yeah. But I mean, at least you're getting, you know, the 10 assists there so you can load up on that cat. You know, he's going to shoot about 80% from the free throw line. Um, I'd like to see his field goal percentage, you know, come up. You know, he only shot 42% this last year. Um, you hope that some of the guys around him, you know, the auto porters, Kelly Oubre, can maybe step up and take a little bit of the pressure off him offensively so he can become, you know, more efficient, maybe take... Uh, you know, less shots. He shot 17 and a half shots last year. Maybe see that number come down closer to, you know, closer to 15, but maybe more efficient. You know, make see that percentage. I'd like to see it going to closer to 43, 44%. Yeah, I mean, the thing with John Wall is he has not had great teammates around him in terms of like Bradley Beal being injured. Otto Porter came on last year, but still uh, making a lot of the dumb young guy mistakes. They did not have any really good power forwards. I mean, Nene dropped off a cliff. He had Gortat, um, but but still, it's easy to turn the ball over a lot when when you're asked to do so much like he has been. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I still, you know, he's obviously going to be one of your top three-point guards, or, you know, he should be close to that, you know, in your dynasty rankings, I would say. Um, the injuries are a little bit of concern, but, you know, he's a superstar. Go get him. Um, one of the guys that I really hope can turn around is uh, Bradley Beal. Um, Otto Porter as well. Um, they're both guys that, you know, could turn into really good fantasy options. You know, Otto Porter is a guy that gets you close to two steals of everything breaks, right? Two, two steals, two three-pointers, which is, you know, all you can ask for out of a small forward. Um, I, I think that because of Porter's, you know, uh, all-around game there, I think that that's going to kind of stunt Ubre's growth, at least for this year and next year. Um, but do you think Otto Porter can take the next step forward and, you know, really step into that next tier of, you know, wing player and two-way, two-way player? Yeah, I really, really like Otto Porter. I had him this last year, so I ended up tracking him uh, pretty decently throughout the year. And he... He honestly had a bit of a breakout year. He uh, and he's only twenty three years old, so yeah, it, it was kind of a quiet breakout. Yeah, it really was. I mean, certainly the Wizards were so shitty this last year that nobody wants to talk about them. But I mean, he put up like eleven and a half points, five. Uh, let's see, five point two rebounds. Uh, he had an assist and a half, a steal and a half. Those are pretty decent numbers overall, and you know he shot almost thirty seven percent from three. And for a guy in his third year, that that's pretty good. I expect fully to see him up close to 13 points per game this next year, uh, five and a half rebounds, probably about the same in the rest of those categories, maybe slightly more efficient from beyond the arc, maybe, maybe like 38% this next year. Um, but 
he really helps you in a lot of categories and doesn't hurt you in any. He shoots decently from free throw, uh, uh, from the free throw line, 75%. Um, so he's a player you should definitely look at. Don't reach for him. Um, but he'll help your team, and a lot of people just aren't that familiar with Otto Porter. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people forget, you know, he was, you know, a top three pick, you know, a very high lottery pick. Yeah. Um, another guy that, you know, you just kind of need to keep an eye on in your dynasty leagues is, you know, Thomas Satoransky. He came over, you know, from the international. Um, I think that he's a guy that you should, you know, kind of put on your watch list. I wouldn't go, you know, rush into Adam right now. But, you know, if, you know, say Bradley Beal gets hurt, he's a guy that could get thrown into the action. I think he could be a decent fantasy contributor. So just a guy to keep an eye on. I mean, anybody backing up Bradley Beal has an opportunity. Yeah, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, Miami. They're one of the more Wait, real quick, where teams. do you think the Wizards are going to drop? Oh, Just yeah. so I'm, I got it clear. Yeah, um, let's say I'll see them finishing probably around the 4 or 5 seed. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say... <clears throat> what did I say for the Hawks? I said 7th. Yeah. I'm going to take the... I'm going to take... We're gonna go six right here for the Wizards. So you're gonna go six, okay? And I will officially, I'll say, I'll say five for them. Okay. So I got the Wizard at five, and I got where did I say the Hawks six? Is that right? Yes. Hawks six. Okay. So there we go. We got that. Okay. So uh, on to Miami, um, a team that, like I said, is one of the more interesting teams, especially now that you subtract Dwayne Wade from there. Um, you know, fair to say that that was, you know, besides Kevin Durant, the the biggest shock of the offseason was Dwayne Wade heading to, you know, my Bulls. Um, really opened the door, though, for, you know, some young guys there and Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow. Uh, Winslow projects to be a guy that could help you out on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, hopefully turn into a scorer and a little bit of a shooter. Uh, Josh Richardson's already shown that he can be a very fantasy-friendly player when he gets, you know, minutes and it looks like that there's a chance that that could be wide open for him. He's, you know, got Deion Waiters and Tyler Johnson to beat out for minutes at the two. Um where do you what what just what do you make of this Miami team because it's you know like I said a brand new identity like a team we haven't really seen before. What do we know about Chris Bosh? Is he definitely playing this upcoming year? I I mean I guess at this point like with Chris Bosh I feel like you just kind of have to take it day to day with him. Um, I I have no idea. You won't really know till you get to training camp and you see him out there. Like I don't want to really invest anything to try and go get him on my team until I see him back participating. Yeah, this team makes me nervous because if Chris Bosh isn't, uh, if he's out for the year or if that's it for him, I, honest to God, do not think that this is a playoff team without no, Chris No, no, not at all because you're placing a lot of your money on Hassan Whiteside there and I think that he is a very good player, but I don't know if he's the type of player that can lead a team and you know put a team on his back and take him to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, while we're talking about Hassan Whiteside... Clearly, clearly, Hassan Whiteside is the fantasy prize in Miami right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, you know, the unicorn, you know, averages close to four blocks per game. Um, You know, that number 3.7, you know, that was, you know, I think he led the league last year, didn't he? In blocks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, by quite a bit. Yeah, three and a 3.7. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that, you know, stay right around there. Maybe drop down to 3.5, 3.6. But, you know, he is elite there. That's one one category you could see really going up. Uh, He's one of the best rebounders in the league, too. Yeah, 12 rebounds per game, you know, and shoots 60% from the floor. Um, He even, you know, finished with 14.2 points per game last year. um, With especially 60% shooting. 
yeah, especially if Bosch misses time next year, there's no reason to think that, at least for fantasy, um, that most of those numbers could even go up a little bit more. I could see him finishing closer to 16, 17 points per game just because I do think that they're going to try and run a, you know, a little bit more of the offense through him. Um, I mean, they have to. They don't really have a guy out on the perimeter that can take over. You know, I guess they got Goran Dragic, but he's not, you know, a guy that I would consider, a, you know, an elite point guard by any means. No. Uh, what I see here is Hassan Whiteside being the best player for Dynasty. Hands down, no argument. Uh, after that, I'd say that it's Justice Winslow, who I think really has an opportunity to shine now. I, and I think that it's still going to take him a little while to really, truly develop as a scorer in the NBA. Um, but I sure as hell would love to have him on a Dynasty team now. And then after that, I'd say it's Josh Richardson and then Tyler Johnson. Um, and Goran Dragic is he's just a little older he's inconsistent his numbers are great one day and abysmal the next day Um, he's a very good player uh, but he's just not consistent enough and he's he's a little older how old is Goran Dragic oh he's got to be close to to 30 now isn't he let me let me pull him up real quick Uh, yeah Dragic he's 30 this year his birthday's in May so he'll turn 31 yeah, so, I mean, he's still got a few good years left in him, but uh, I don't know. I, I've had Dragic before and also played with him in daily fantasy lineups, and he is hes a bit frustrating. Yeah, I think, you know, a guy just to keep an eye on is kind of a sleeper uh, candidate is uh, Briante Weber. Um, you know, we're mentioning Goran Dragic getting up there in age. He, you know, uh, is, you know, puts up good numbers, but if he is to get hurt, I think Weber is a guy that could come in and put up good numbers. You know, and, you know, limited minutes last limited minutes last year, he put up, you know, over a steal per game, um, you know, three assists, three rebounds. You know, he spent time in the D League, so there's no reason to think those numbers couldn't continue to go up a little bit if he can continue to get minutes. Um, you'd like to see him become more of a scorer, but, you know, if you watched him play a little bit, you've seen that he has, you know, a, a knack to get you know to score the ball a little bit you'd like to see him just improve on that a little bit you know excellent from the free throw line um do you what do you think about Weber as a you know kind of a deep sleeper candidate uh I don't have a I don't have a high opinion of his odds of doing anything at all this year I think that he'll be available on your waivers and I definitely would just label him a watch list guy right now yeah, definitely. I just I wouldn't be surprised, you know, you look at the rest of the roster there, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, kind of earn that backup point guard role, even if, you know, that's like 15 minutes per game. If you're in, you know, a 14, 16 team league, that's a guy that could potentially have a little bit of value and kick in a little bit of those rebounds and assists. It's just um, that for a team that's really all about just going for it, they're not really about trying to develop their young talent and stuff like I just I'd be shocked to see him even getting minutes honestly over uh, a steadier backup point guard like a uh, Bano Udri. Yeah, I guess you know that's always possible. I guess the other thing you know, Pat Riley's shown he's not afraid to make a move. I wouldn't be completely shocked if they come out and they suck, and then you know they kind of do like a mini blow it up and try and trade Dragic, maybe try and unload Bosch and kind of start fresh and build around Whiteside, uh, Richardson, and Whiteside uh, or Winslow. But yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. The more that I look at them, uh, are, are you on board with that, or do you think that they could sneak in as like an eight seed? I I don't I don't think that they're a playoff team this year. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that they are the tenth team in the East. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like I don't think that they'll be in contention for the top pick overall or by any means, but 
Um, yeah, I do think 10 to 12 sounds about right. Like late, late lottery. Yeah. Okay, um, so we'll move on to the Hornets here. Um, obviously, the number one guy there is Kemba Walker, uh, with Nick, Nicholas Batum coming as the second best player there. Um, the guy that you know I'm still trying to hold out hope on a little bit for for a breakout is Michael Kidd Gilchrist as a small forward. Um, obviously, had last the bad year was luck very of, disappointing for him. I mean, yeah, he had brutal luck, you know, tearing that shoulder up twice. Um, but he actually, you know, showed a little bit of an improved jump shot and a little bit of you know better form on his jumper when he came back and was playing a little bit so hopefully he can you know carry that over and be healthy this year um you know Kemba Walker obviously like I said he was the the big story there you know exploded for you know 20 points per game uh five assists four rebounds I think that you know it's probably gonna be more of the same for him this year I still think he's gonna be you know a top option as your point guard um were you surprised to see them sign Batum to the big contract yeah I was that is a uh that was not a conservative deal. They went balls to the wall to get him. And uh, he's a great all-around player. And assuming that he doesn't take any steps back, which I don't see any reason that he will, uh, I think that he's a fantastic Swiss Army knife to have on your team. He will help out in just about every single category. doesn't really hurt you in any. And going back real quick to Michael Kidd Gilchrist, um, keep in mind he's only 22 years old. The injuries yeah, that he's very, had very don't young. really concern me. Uh, so, and like you said, the mechanics look a little bit better on his jump shot. He put up almost 13 points, six and a half rebounds last year. Um, shockingly, he's not as much of a, uh, a like a steal guy as you would think that he is. No, but I think that he could potentially still add that game, like or part to his game, like we mentioned. He's I think young it's a guy. systematic thing more than anything. There, yeah, I agree with you. Well, I mean that, and just not being on the court a ton. Um, well, yeah, do you, yeah. Did you listen to him? I believe it was on the vertical. I think with Mannix a while back. Uh, no, I didn't hear that. Uh, that episode. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. You know, it definitely made me uh, more of a fan of his a little bit. You know, he's definitely a humble kid. He's, you know, seemed like he was kind of a quiet growing up, um, but definitely seemed like, you know, he's a hard worker off the court and everyone, you know, loves him as a teammate. So, you know, it's all, all you can ask for out of him there. Um, you know, looking at, you know, the Hornets bench here, um, there's not anyone that really stands out as, you know, a fantastic dynasty option. I mean, Frank Kaminsky, you know, there's still time for him to potentially develop. Um, I don't really expect anything out of Roy Hibbert. Uh, Spencer Hawes kind of is what he is at this point. Um, I still think they need to make a few moves, uh, you know, if they're really going to take another step forward in the Eastern Conference. Um, obviously, they acquired Marco Bellinelli on draft day on, you know, what we both, I, I think, Jesus agreed on that Christ. was the, be- the best trade of the day was for Sacramento on that trade. <laughs> I mean, that, that thing was universally panned for a reason. That was such an unbelievably shitty move. Yeah, oh, it really was. Um, so is there anyone on the bench? Like, do you still, Are you still holding out hope for Jeremy Lamb at all? Do you think uh, Raymond Sessions can have a little bit of a bounce back? I think Jeremy Lamb only works well in the situations where MKG's out. Uh, Marvin Williams, for me, I actually like a lot more than you do. I think he'll put up the same stats that he did last year. I don't think it's going to last for much longer, uh, but I think it's going to be at least next year. Cody Zeller, for me, is uh, due for a little bit of a bump. And honestly, the problem with this team is their front court. It, it, it's pretty shitty. I mean, Marvin Williams is a pretty decent stretch for but not long-term, and Cody Zeller as a starting 
God, really a starting anything, but especially like if he's your starting center, that's that's just worrisome to me. Like that's not that doesn't cut it. Like that's not as good as some teams to me have better backups. Jan Mahinmi is yes, would absolutely. be a better center uh, than him. B- Bismack Biombo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, which is funny since he was on that team barely getting minutes a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned Zeller though. Uh, last year he put up you know just about nine point six six rebounds per game, just under a block. Um, if he does, you know, continue to start at the center, um, like like we said, I don't think it'll be good from a real basketball perspective. But I do think that he has a chance to put up you know about the same uh, numbers for fantasy there. Uh, be a decent points, rebounds, and blocks guy there. Um, you know, it's kind of surprising on Marvin Williams with me being the North Carolina fan that I'm the one that's kind of down on him and you're the one that's up on him. But uh, um, I, I think I'll, his numbers will drop a little bit, but I think he's not going to fall off the cliff by any means this year. But I do think uh, he's a guy that in two or three years, you're, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be out on waivers. Let me ask you, Dynasty, even in Dynasty, definitely Batum over MKG? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so you'd say Kemba Walker, Nicholas Batum, MKG, and then who would be your next two players in order uh, on the team for Dynasty? I mean... It's tough, right? Probably Marvin Williams. I mean, Williams and then... I mean, it's got to be Zeller, I guess, just because he's got the role now. I think so. It's It kind of sucks to just be so on the nose that you just pick the guys that are at the top of the depth chart there, but that's just what it boils down to. And the thing is, is when you start looking at this team left to right and you're reading point guard, shooting guard, small forward, it just goes downhill. I mean, obviously, Kemba Walker to Batum isn't like a scary drop-off or anything, but then you go down to MKG and you're like, oh, God, but those injuries last year. And then after that, you're like, Marvin Williams, oh, man, like that's that's an okay starting power forward, not, nothing special. And then you get to Cody Zeller and then look at the bench and you're like, fuck, this team's not quite as good as I was thinking they were. No, I mean, they were a team that, you know, they looked good in the playoffs last year. I thought that they, you know, might finally take a step forward this year, but they really didn't go out and do much to add a lot of uh, pieces, uh, you know, to their puzzle here. They didn't really go out and improve much. I mean, they really are hinging, like, a shit ton of their future on Michael Kidd-Gilchrist really taking that next step and being the real deal and living up to his draft position. Um, And that's scary if you're a Hornets fan. Um, I still think that if they're going to be a team that ever takes another step forward, they're definitely a few moves away from that. I, yeah, I completely agree with that. All right, where do um, you rank so, this team? Oh, man, I think that at best case they're scrapping in for you know an 8 seed, maybe a 7 seed, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them miss the playoffs. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, Hornets fans aren't going to love hearing me say this, but to me, I'm, I'm going 11th in the East. Yeah, I think I'm going to have them. I think I'm going to have Hornets at nine. Okay. No okay, doubt about so, it, this next team, I'm going to be a hell of a lot more rosy about than you. Yeah, so I'll just let you kind of start us off here. You know, we're talking about your Orlando Magic. Um, I love the addition of Frank Vogel. I thought he was ridiculous. He got let go of in Indiana. Um, just, yeah, kind of take it away here and just like take us through the makeup of this team and what you think is going to happen uh, fantasy-wise. Happy to do it. Okay, so uh, Orlando Magic got Frank Vogel this offseason. By far their best move of the offseason. And the best coach to change hands this summer. I think he's one of the best five coaches in the NBA. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. 
So let's go through some of the things. Uh, we had the Serge Ibaka trade, which was Serge Ibaka and the draft pick that became DeMontis Sabonis, uh, along with Ersan Ilyasova for Serge Ibaka to the Thunder. Uh, I actually had the chance to ask uh, Matt Lloyd, the assistant GM at like a, um, a private uh, event sort of thing for season ticket holders. I was able to ask him if if they had any assurances that Serge Ibaka had any, you know, plans or interest in, in staying over this next year, because that would be a disaster if he didn't truly, it would be an absolute disaster. Yeah. And you know, he said, no, we had no assurances and uh, it's a calculated risk and that's what it is. And I think that fit wise, it, it really works for this team, but let's just go through it from a fantasy perspective. So a point guard, Alfred Payton, my God, he has to step it up this year. Now, mm-hmm, uh, there is absolutely. a really easy built-in excuse with Scott Skiles. Clearly did not gel with Alfred Payton. Uh, didn't really gel with anybody that well. But Alfred Payton, was his role was so diminished and so uh, volatile, up and down, that it's really hard for a young point guard to get a grip on the system if he's not trusted by his head coach, who was once a starting point guard for this exact same team. So for me, Alfred Payton, I think, is going to average somewhere along the lines of like 12 points per game. Doesn't sound like a lot, but I think that he's really going to climb up there in assists. I think you're mm-hmm. going to see him at like eight and a half assists this year. Wow, and so you're really high on him. I really think that he's going to climb up there on that. And you know what? He's actually not that bad of a three-point shooter. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, but he had like point four, so just under a half. Yeah, I think that Alfred Payton, his jump shot looked better this last year. I could see him getting closer to a three a game, like point nine. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a little high, but I wouldn't be surprised to see you know point six, point seven, have him you know creep up closer to that. That that doesn't sound unreasonable by any means. No, and I, honestly, there's going to be better spacing on this team now with Serge Ibaka there. Um, in the backup spots, I think DJ Augustine is the clear backup over CJ Watson. And DJ Augustine's a, a very good backup point guard and puts up decent numbers too. So um, I'd still look at him as being like a, a deep point guard pick, like a Jarrett Jack type. Actually, to me, he is exactly on par with Jarrett Jack. <clears throat> um Okay, so then let's go over to uh, the shooting guard position. 100% mm-hmm. they are sold on Evan Fournier being their starting shooting guard. Uh, yeah, they now, made a statement that that was the case when they moved Oladipo for that you know trade we mentioned before. <laughs> damn straight. And he rewarded them by signing a uh, long-term extension for less than the max, only $17 million a year, which under... <laughs> The rules of this new CBA, uh, that is... It, that looks reasonable, yeah. Beyond reasonable. It looked very good, I thought, especially with a lot of the other ones that went down. I thought that, to me, that was just a great signing. Jody Meeks, blech. Not, yeah, whatever. Uh, not really sold on anything good happening there. Uh, I think Mario Hazonia is the backup, too, in this situation. Um, so I think Mario Hazonia will end up getting probably about... Uh, 18 to 22 minutes a night this year, which, I mean, I'd like to see him have more since I have him in a league. I might even right. have him in two leagues. And the thing with Hazonia, because people talk about his upside, he's so good, and he is. He has all those things. He has a real chance of being great, but his only real elite skill right now is shooting and athleticism. 
Not a great rebounder, not a great passer. Um, so, I, I don't know. If you're taking a chance on his upside, keep in mind, you might just be taking a chance on a guy who eventually becomes like maybe like an 18-point-per-night scorer, but he's probably not going to be putting up great rebounds or any of those other things either. Um, so just taper your expectations a little bit with Hazonia is what I would say. Um, Aaron Gordon, I think, is the clear starting three this year from everything that Frank Vogel and the front office has said. Yeah, you have um, to be excited about the things you heard him say about Gordon. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, he clearly has big plans for Aaron Gordon. And I think that Aaron Gordon is going to become the focal point of this team uh, sooner rather than later. I, certainly not to start the season. Uh, Vucevic and Ibaka will be better players than him. Even Evan Fournier, perhaps. Um, but I'd say by the end of this year or going into the next year, you're going to look at Aaron Gordon and start to like be that guy that takes the jump that guys like Paul George eventually did or Jimmy Butler. Like He is the one guy on this team that, to me, has superstar potential. Yeah, like if you're telling me one year from now that there's one person in this division that came out of nowhere and was all of a sudden, you know, one of the top 10, 15 players in the NBA. Like, my guess would obviously be Aaron Gordon, um, with Justin Winslow probably being my second, maybe Otto Porter, but Gordon would definitely be the front runner there. Um, like we've said, he kind of may play the small forward, but he kind of, his upside is, you know, Blake Griffin type numbers as a guy that can, you know, get you four or five assists too, because he doesn't look, uh, like, unnatural with the ball in his hands by any means. That's the thing that people don't realize with him is he has such good handles. Now, his handles are a little high. Uh, he, yeah, he but you can the tighten that up. Too yeah. high. But, man, he can go behind the back, through the legs. I mean, he is, na- and he could do that running full speed too. He is... He really has everything that it takes. He's just got to put it all together, and I trust that that's going to happen under Frank Vogel. Um, Jeff Green is the backup three here. Jeff Green's fucking terrifying to have in a fantasy league because Jeff Green goes out and gets you 20 one night and goes out and gets you two points the next night. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, one other thing I wanted to mention on Gordon just real quick is um, he's also a guy, you know, played 24 minutes per game last year and still averaged, you know, about three quarters of a steal and a block. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised to see both of those numbers close up or creep up closer to one, maybe go one, one and a quarter. uh, If for no other reason than minutes. He'll be up over 30 this year. Oh, I think he'll be, yeah, closer to 34, 35 per game. Yeah. Um, Um, Okay, let's talk about Serge Ibaka here. Uh, What do you think Ibaka is going to do in this offense? um, I think that, you know, a a, a wide variety of outcomes. Um, Let me read you what ESPN is projecting Serge Ibaka's stat lines to be this year. Um, You tell me if you think it sounds high or low. Um, So ESPN, they're projecting him for 15.4 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, uh, 1.33 pointers with 2.6 blocks, um, half a steal, just under one assist. You know, obviously good percentages from the free throw line and and the field. That sounds exactly right on with what I would assume that he would have on this team. He'll have so much more opportunity with this team than he had with the Thunder. Yeah, the only, the one thing is uh, the one point three three pointers uh, could be. I, I would say ceiling. I don't think I, I don't think even best case I see that nose numbers going up any higher there. Um, the rebounds, eight rebounds, that definitely sounds about right. I could see that number definitely going up even higher than that if all things break right. Um, it's not like a, 
Um, I, I, I think he's a better rebounder than Vucevic. Obviously, Vucevic had higher had higher number of rebounders, but I think Ibaka's a better I, I actually don't agree with that. I, really? I do think that Vucevic is a better rebounder. Vucevic has his flaws for sure, but he is a fabulous rebounder. Yeah, all right, that's fair. I guess, you know, the numbers do kind of speak for themselves. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Vucevic's rebounding numbers come down a little bit because I do think Ibaka will cut into that 11.5. I could see him finishing closer, uh, you know, 9.5, 10. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Um, now, let's talk – okay, we talked a little bit even about Vucevic right there, and I think he'll be a big focal point of the offense. He's a great scorer in the post. Gets a lot of dinkers and dumpers as well on like miss other people's missed shots, like little cleanup things. So I think he'll score. I think he'll rebound. I think he's a double-double shoe-in uh, this yeah. upcoming year. But there is a little bit of an interesting uh, part of this equation, which is Bismack Biombo. How does he fit in, do you think? Uh, I mean, how do you see that working? Um, so, would you say he's probably going to get around 24, 25 minutes per game? Or do you think he'll get more than that? I, I don't see how he gets more than that. I just don't see, other aside from injuries, I don't see how that happens. Yeah, so he got 25 minutes per game last year, and his numbers were uh, just you know 9 points, 8 rebounds with 2 blocks. I don't see how he does much better than that. I think he kind of will continue to be what he is for you know this fantasy value for the next couple years. And honestly, I mean, for a guy coming off the bench to get you eight rebounds and a block and a half, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, he was still, he finished as a 20th center last year. Um, that's, you know, number two. That's a, that's a second center. That's, you know, a good, like, if I'm going to my dynasty team and Biombo is my number two center, I'm feeling okay with that as long as I have some decent power forwards and small forwards. For sure, and it's... It's really not crazy to think that they could possibly sell high on Vucevic either. I mean, I don't think it's happening right away, but uh, I, I think that he could easily become the odd man out here. But what's awesome is, like, even Serge Ibaka, he's 26 years old. Every guy on this team is younger than that. Every guy of any import, really, is 23, Biombo. You know, you have your Alfred Paytons and your Evan Fournier's and Aaron Gordon's, all those guys, young, young, Mario Hazonia, young. So they're all great dynasty bets. Um, but of all of them, I, I just think that Aaron Gordon, God, I think that Aaron Gordon really has a lot of dynasty value. But in terms of just this upcoming year stats, I take Vucevic first uh, in a one year, Ibaka second, and Aaron Gordon just slightly over Fournier and then Alfred. So for Fournier, um, you know, last year he averaged, you know, 15 and a half points, um, two, 2.7 assists, 2.8 rebounds, two steal or two three-pointers. Um, that's, you know, he, that's very good for, you know, a shooting guard, you know, if it's, you know, one of your, your second or third wing. Um, do you think he can improve on those rebounding and assist numbers at all? Or do you think he kind of is what he is and will just continue to do that? I think that he is what he is, and he'll continue to do that. Especially now that we strengthened our front court, I think that rebounding is going to be even less of a focal point for him. Rather, uh, I think that he'll be asked to run in transition and then to get back uh, on and not chase offensive boards. So I really don't see any reason even for his rebounds to go up, from, even from just a team standpoint. Right. His assist numbers, I... I could see maybe going from that 2.7 up to 3. 
Um, he's pretty good at picking passing lanes and actually not terrible at ripping people. He's up over a steal. I would be surprised to see that go down just having watched him closely. Uh, he's a great free throw shooter. Um, he's a, a very good three-point shooter. He, he was right on 40% last year, and that was on almost five attempts. So he's going to get you good numbers there. And uh, the role is is shored up for him. That's the mm-hmm. thing. And, and he's fucking 23 years old, I think. So it's uh, he, he's a great player. And even with that being said, there are three dynasty players on this team that I'd take above him personally. Yeah, I would definitely take the other three ahead of him. Uh, I think if you have Fournier, you're holding him right now, and you're just kind of, like you said, meant hope holding out hope that those assist numbers climb up higher. Um, you know, if Alfred Payton doesn't take that next step forward and become that eight-and-a-half assist guy, somebody else is going to have to handle the ball out on the perimeter. Maybe that's Fournier. You know, maybe he's your your point guard when Alfred Payton's on the bench. Uh, maybe he gets, you know, closer to that three, four assists. The thing um, is with Fournier, though, is he doesn't really look to pass a lot. Like, he's an awesome finisher at the rim. Like, he's what... Uh, Wolves fan wished that uh, Ricky Rubio was in terms of finishing at the rim, right? And uh, and whereas a lot of guys like a John Wall would kick out instead of trying to finish through contact, uh, Evan Fournier has such a good feel around the rim that he doesn't kick out, which really hurts his assist numbers, but helps his scoring numbers. Yeah, I think absolutely. he's at seventeen points this next year. Yeah, that, I think he's got to if this team is going to take another step forward for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you still? I, I I think what you said about Vucevic maybe getting sold high on. I think that that's definitely uh, a, a good potential of that happening. Uh, I I don't see this as a team that really challenges you know the top of the East right now. So I do think there's still a few moves away from that. Um, I, I do like the fit of Ibaka. Um, you know, we both said they paid way too much for it. Um, I would have rather head on to Oladipo. But where do you see them finishing this year? Well, I think that this team is deeper than both the Heat and the Hornets. Uh, I do. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that they're clearly deeper, and I think that their top-tier talent isn't that far away. I mean, Hassan Whiteside, Kemba Walker are better than anybody on this team, hands down. Uh, Batum is even arguably right there. But then after that, I'd take like basically all the five of the Magic starters over any player on any of those teams. Yeah, um, I yeah I agree there completely. I think that the Magic, now again, I am extremely biased here, so take it with a huge fucking mouthful of salt <laughs> right here. Uh, but I'm, I'm going eighth seed for the Magic. Okay, that's, that's actually where I had them penciled in as well, was at the eighth seed. Okay. Um, so... I think just, if nothing else, because Frank Vogel is that good of a coach that I think he will coach them to the eighth seed. Um, I think it could be ugly at times. This is definitely, like you said, a young team. They're going to have their growing pains. Um, it may be fucking brutal to watch for certain stretches, but I do God, think the they're going to The offense is going to be rough teams. sometimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so we're both on agreement there in the, for them at the eighth seed. Uh, where did you have the Heat finishing? I had the Heat finishing 10th. You had them, yeah, we both had, I think I had them at 11. Yeah. All right. Uh, and so, thank well, you I guess... for putting the Magic in at 8th. You know, the vote of confidence means a lot to me. So, yeah, sure, I'll continue co-hosting this podcast. Hey, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Hopefully <laughs> that happens, otherwise we're both going to look down. We won't be able to hang our hat on at least one of us being right if we were split. Um, <laughs> That's so, true. 
So looking at you know at the breakdown of this division, it looks like we both have three of these teams being playoff teams. Three of the eight coming from this division. Um, I that's I, that'll be kind of interesting. I may when we look deeper into it, I may bump some teams down a little bit because I do think there's some other teams in the East that are going to take a step forward this year. Um, but yeah, so what division do you want to talk about next uh, next week? Um, I guess we could do. Um, Let's stay Central? in the Central. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll go talk about the Bulls. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds good. That that'll be our next one. Let me ask you a couple of quick questions before yeah. we part here. All right. So, do you still have the list up? So you're looking at all the players in this division. Yep. Who do you think's the best point guard in the division? Uh, John Wall. Okay. Uh, who do you think's the best shooting guard in the division? Shooting guard, um, I think... Injury, injuries are in this. Like, we're talking about this next year, start yeah. to finish, who you'd want to have. I think um, this next year, uh, Nicholas Batum's going to be the best shooting guard. Um, I'm going to go a little hot take this year, and if we're talking about Dynasty three, four years down the road, I think Bazemore has close to the highest ceiling. Okay, see, I would take Evan Fournier behind Batum and over Bazemore, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, it's close. Okay, so small forward, who do you got? Uh, Aaron Gordon. Yeah, not even a question for me. Okay, yeah. power forward. Um, Paul Millsap, uh, Chris Bosh. Even in healthy. Dynasty? Oh, for it's okay, so you're talking about Dynasty. So definitely for this year, Paul Millsap. Um, Dynasty, I mean, I guess Serge Ibaka. He's, you know, the only other one there. Uh, That's Marvin, Marvin Williams well. is older. Chris Bosh is older. Yeah, I think you got to go probably Serge Ibaka if you're looking long term. Um, like I said, I, I could... Side. Yeah, it's you're gonna take those blocks and run with it. Uh, I would say after that, probably Dwight Howard second, and then Vucevic third. I'd take Vuce over Dwight Howard. Yeah, Homer. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, God, I fucking hate Dwight Howard. So yeah, you're you're probably right. But in Dynasty, I'd go Vucevic over Dwight Howard. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it. You know, we got you know just under an hour, so I think we had a, a pretty good length here. Um, I'm excited to talk about the Central Division next uh, week. So, uh, what other stuff do you got coming up on like your podcast? I know uh, your what what shows are you talking about right now on your on your other show? Yeah, we got a couple of different ones. We just finished up on Stranger Things and Preacher, uh, and now we're doing a couple of different shows and movies. We just put up a Suicide Squad review. Uh, we have The Get Down, which is a Netflix original series. We have Outcast, which is a Cinemax original series. And then next month, we're going to be doing stuff like uh, Luke Cage on Netflix. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, Westworld on HBO. Uh, so there's a bunch of different stuff coming out. We'll continue doing movie ones. Uh, but again, that's BoobTube Buddies for anybody that wants to check us out. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all of the above. Yeah, that's. I'll have to check that out. I want to see Suicide Squad. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if I should check out that episode. I don't know if is there any spoilers in there. A shitload of spoilers. It's all spoilers. So all right, so I'll sure definitely have to hold it. off on that. And I'm one. not going to tell you if I like it or not right here, right now. I'll let you go into it uh, with you know with a virgin opinion of it. But uh, check out the podcast after you see it. Yeah, I definitely will do that. Um, so on my side of the woods or on my other podcast. Um, just, I actually just released a podcast today talking Dynasty uh, for football on the Red Rock Football Podcast. You should check that out. 
Um, next week we're going to break down college, and I'm going to try and get into a college football fantasy league this year to try and expand my knowledge a little bit there because I don't really watch a ton of college football, but it would definitely be helpful um, for you know that podcast. Um, for you know Dynasty Reball here, um, here in the next few weeks, I'm going to start putting together my Dynasty ranks overall. I think I'm going to try and do a top 250 this year, or we'll do the, the contending and maybe possibly the rebuilding ranks how I did last year. We'll do some, some formation of that. Um, but yeah, so that's what I got going on. Um, so I guess unless there's anything else you want to add, we'll get out of here. No, Central Division next week, man. I look forward to it. Yeah. Oh, uh, one last thing. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we've had you know three or four new people leave the reviews that have all been a five star. So we appreciate all of those. Uh, the more of those we can get, the better. Um, but yeah, without that being said, we'll get out of here and we'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. Stay.